Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business success, build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. In this episode, we feature Marcom expert, Sharon Washington, and Laura Varner-Norman, Vice President of Sales at iHeartMedia DC. My conversation with these ladies is playback from Small Business Network at Montgomery Community Media. In our conversation, we chat about successful marketing in a recovering economy and explore topics around marketing budgets, communication strategies, measuring return on investment, and much more. This episode covers just about every element of Boost, including build your brand, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. Let's give a listen. Yes, yes. I want to just jump right into this topic because I see a lot of people doing it really well and really poorly. So essentially, with everything that's going on in this new economy between COVID, so the health pandemic, between what's going on around racial injustice, how have um, sort of how have things been redefined in this new economy in terms of what successful marketing looks like? So Sharon, why don't you kick us off? So I believe, to me, I don't think that there's really a difference. We're just more in tuned with what's happening. So there's lots of anxiety, uncertainty, which is what, you know, Laura can probably attest to this, what happens in the marketplace anyway, you're uncertain. Um, I'm pretty sure this happened when we got rid of the fax machine and social media came about, right? So, but what's more uh, prominent than I've seen in most years is that people are paying attention. So we have to be careful as marketers not to toe the line of selling or promoting um, constantly and and being sensitive to what's actually happening in the world. So even though they're paying attention, what they're paying attention to may be different from um, I'm ready to buy as a consumer, whether that's a service or a product that doesn't happen, you know, immediately. So I think that, again, it's because of anxiety and certainty. Um, marketers have to move the same, but with a little care with what's going on in the world. Gotcha. Good stuff. Um, Laura, how, how have you seen things be redefined or, or are they being redefined? You know, I, I think we all would like a do-over for 2020. Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> exactly, please. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Some people are doing it very well. Some people are struggling with it. it it's, you know, it's not something that we've ever been through before. However, if you look at when the economy kind of tanked a little bit in 2007, 2008, um, you saw which um, um, companies and which businesses were able to thrive in that environment and which ones didn't. And one of the constant things that I see as far as those who are able to survive and really come out on the other side looking whole is that you can continue to be consistent with your marketing. Absolutely, your messaging has to be sensitive because, you know, we're in a time where, you know, there is a lot of unrest because people are nervous about COVID um, and then also the social injustice and unrest that's going on in our country right now um, and walking that fine line. So one of the things I always say to people, you don't panic. You strategize and you give a careful thought on how you proceed but you have to proceed. Going dark is the absolute worst thing that a company yes. can do. 
And, you know, and we hear it all the time. You know, I, I know, um, and, and it's, it's a heart-wrenching thing when you have to furlough people, when you have to look at, you know, how am I going to keep my business alive? And what I say to clients is, you know, your duty is to keep that business thriving so you can bring those people back. Mm. You all going down with the ship <laughs> in a certain sense is not going to keep you um, flush. It's just not. And from a business perspective, you have to think of, I have 25, 35, 250 uh, employees. I may have to furlough a few until we can get through this. But as soon as I'm flush again and, and we're back to normal and I'm able to, to survive and work out my plan by continually marketing and keeping myself in front of consumers, because we know how our attention span is about this long, <laughs> all back. And that's one of the, the hardest um, conversations I have with clients. They, they immediately want to go dark. And keep everybody on board. And what happens is you're, you're open for three, four months, and then you end up closing your doors. So, again, my, my advice is just, you know, consistent marketing, but be strategic in what you do because you do will probably have to scale back unless you're, you know, a bigger company. Um, but you have to be consistent and, and keep your name out there for branding. Yeah, and so that's really interesting. Um, both of you said a, a number of different things that I want to dig a little deeper into um, because there is this fine line. I, I've talked to so many small businesses in particular where they feel um, there's this, this struggle between am I being insensitive as I'm marketing because in light of what's going on. So there is this, this desire or this, um, this assumption that, okay, well, maybe I do need to go dark because if I say a particular thing, it may seem to my put my customer or my network that I'm being insensitive, that I'm not in tune to what's going on with the time. And so I know Sharon, I saw you post something not too long ago. Um, this whole, the hierarchy, you know, we all are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy and need this hierarchy of, of marketing. And so share with me. So if the idea is to not go dark, right. then what do we do to show compassion and care for the communities that we are trying to market to. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I created, I'm a communications professor. So, like, Maslow is, like, the th key thing that I go to, especially when I'm talking about marketing, because that's how you understand your customer. And I think any customer, any business, whatever industry you in, you're in, you need to think about messaging in times like these of stress um, and, you know, pandemic and civil rest, all of this. You need to think about what your consumer actually needs, not just in a product, but from a physiological and kind of a safety point, because that's where we start, Um we, we want to, especially in things like this, where we're stressed, we have lots of anxiety, we go to what's going to physically make us feel well. And there are plenty of services and industries and products that, that companies can start to use their marketing. Because remember, the marketing is about sustainability. Laura is absolutely on point. It's about sustainability and not necessarily selling your product. So if you have customers that's not necessarily buying because of what's going on in the world, you still can build leads and plant seeds. And so your messaging has to hit the point of that it's going to be safe, that's going to make them feel safe. Um, not just, you know, um, safe from a physical standpoint, but financial standpoint. You take, for example, if you take this class, then you can financially secure some professional development. So 
we as companies, businesses need to learn how to craft messaging around those really basic needs, physiological and safety, in order to kind of penetrate the marketplace. Because although they're paying attention, as Laura said, attention span is this small, and so you got to get them when you can get them. Strike when the iron's hot. Gotcha. Laura, anything to add on that point? Yeah, you know what, Sharon hit it spot on. I mean, it's it's one of those things every industry is going to be able to pivot a little bit differently in this type of environment. And you have to figure out what that model is for yourself. And that's where the strategy comes in. Um, yeah. You, you know, I, I, we've had clients say that to us. Like, I feel like I shouldn't advertise right now because you know, with everything going on, you know, I'm, I'm pushing this product and that product. And I'm like, well, people still have to eat and get to work. So (laughs) I agree you have to be sensitive, but you know, at the end of the day, people still have to live and function in whatever this new environment is that we're trying to work our way through. So how are you being a service to them? And I always feel when you start flipping it and being more consumer focused as a company, Mm -hmm. that's when you will ultimately win um, as far as, you know, being able to keep yourself uh, top and center, top of mind, and you'll be able to grow your business in a, in a, environment such as this pandemic and, and, you know, everything else that's going on. But, you know, you, you obviously have to do something and having that messaging be, you know, very well constructed. And it's almost in a sense of every time that we've seen businesses have any issues, they don't have the proper representation in that room when decisions Mm -hmm. are being made. And that's one thing, you know, if you don't have people employed, that's something, you know, of, of, of different backgrounds you need to look into that. You know, this is one of those moments where it's giving you, a, as Oprah says, an aha moment. This is an aha moment for a lot of people. You know, you have yeah. to look around that room. You know, is my room diverse enough that I can function in the environment, in the world that we live in today? You know, we live in a very, especially the D.C. area. Um, this is one of the most racially mixed areas that you can possibly um, live in. And, you know, with that being said, if you want to make sure your messaging is appropriate, you have to make sure that you're running it past people who have that ethnic culture that can say, hey, no, you don't mean anything by this, but this is what we need to change before you go you know, out to the masses with it. And having that, that stop point, that, that marketing consultant professional stop down before you go to market with any messaging is so critical right now. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And now one of the things, um, question for you, Sharon, because one of the things that Laura alluded to earlier on was this whole notion with the pandemic and everything that's going on, a lot of companies have been forced to, to downsize. And so they may not have the marketing budgets that they used to have. And so in light of what, what we're going through, um, does that change the rule of thumb in terms of how much people, well, first of all, is there a rule of thumb in terms of how much a business should be budgeting for marketing and, or has that number or figure changed because of the fact that, okay, yeah, we're losing revenue. We can't afford to do that. So we need to scale back and marketing is where we feel like we want to do it. So a textbook is anywhere between five to 20% of your profit. So, you know, some people work well at five. Some people go, we're going to push the whole gambit at 20. What usually happens when I find large and small companies the worse off they're doing, the more they pump money into marketing. So if it's not really doing very well, if they're not getting the leads that they want or the sales that they want, they're usually spending in excess of 20% or more of their profit on marketing. My rule of thumb, especially 
in these times is to think about how much money you have in marketing. So you absolutely create a budget, whether that's five or 20%, but then think about your expectations of what you want to happen um, with regards to you executing marketing plans. I'm always for bite-sized marketing. So three to six months or three months. And in these times, definitely, if you're doing social media marketing plans, I think you should budget for 30 days at a time because you don't know what's going to happen. So it's all about, hey, what can my company afford to spend to get leads? That's always the question. How much money am I going to spend to have a conversation with people, with the right people? Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it becomes more of less about, what the textbook numbers say, but more about what your company feels comfortable with doing, especially with having to downsize. You may not have the budget. Marketing is, is a spending function. It's not a money-making function. It's a spending function. So it's usually the first thing to go. Um, so it's, it's good to understand that what your company is willing to spend based on how many conversations that they want to have, not how many sales they want to make. That's more realistic. Gotcha. So now you said five to 20% of profit. What if I'm not profitable? Because then I could argue, well, then I shouldn't be spending anything. Is it five to 20% of my desired profitability or what, what does that look like? Yes. If you, if you, yes, if you, it's what you projected. So you projected profit, right? Five, five to 20% of that. Um, I'm telling you right now in this time, Whatever you're willing to spend, <laughs> go for it and think about your expectation. But think about the expectation you want back. So it's not going to be dollar for dollar. So large companies don't pay ads to then get the money back. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. I want to spend a million dollars to just only get a million dollars. What happens is you want to think about this in the conversation. The value is in how many conversations are you willing to pay for? Like how many people are you willing to talk to that, that target that mm -hmm. you want to sell to? How many, how much of it do you want to spend for possibilities for, for closer possibilities to get a sale? So, gotcha. um, you know, people don't look at it that way. They're like, I don't get a sale. I need to pay for marketing. Like look at it as how many conversations you want. Like how much would you pay to talk to Oprah? or Apple, or someone like that, so. Gotcha, awesome. Now, and Laura, along those lines, how do you optimize a marketing campaign to ensure that your marketing dollars are working effectively and efficiency, efficiently? Well, I, I tell you, that was a good segue. Sharon just set me up for a great <laughs> Yes. Um, one of the things that I always say to businesses, you know, when they went and, and you know, uh, applied for a loan from a bank, what were some of the key aspects of that business um, brief that you put together, your business plan? What were some of the key aspects? Marketing is key because banking, banks know for you to survive in any economy, there's thousands of restaurants. There's thousands of whatever widget you're selling of companies that do the same thing. So marketing is so key for you to be able to survive. I'm not even talking about just thriving and making a lot of money and making profits to survive. You can have the best product out there known to man, but if I don't know about it and I don't know how to find you, it makes no difference. It's almost like the tree in the forest uh, analogy. So, you know, I, I always go back to rule number one, you should always have a contingency plan. When you are flush, when you are making mo money and have profits, 
um, reinvest back in your business. And that's what that savings is for, for times like this, when you are lean, that you're able to be whole and be, be functional. Um, you know, if, if you think about what you make as far as a profit in a month, and, and I'll take the 20% Sharon was saying, if you even did 10% in marketing and the other 10% you put in a savings for times like this, you wouldn't have this trouble right now. You, would, you wouldn't. Um, you know, even if you went down to the 5% and did marketing on that, and, and Tron, you're, you're absolutely right, you may not get dollar for dollar back, but you should have some expectations. And whatever marketing partner you use, you have to convey those expectations so they can walk you through the measures of what you have to do. And, in, you know, really define those expectations. You know, return on investment, ROI, is something that, you know, we talk about a lot because you have to look at it not from the sense of, oh, my friends heard me on radio or television, and, you know, it, it's working. That has nothing to do with your sales. It's great that they heard it's beautiful, and, you know, we always love the support. But how did that affect your register? How did that affect your bottom line? And that's how you have to look at your, your return on investment. And, you know, that's where optimization comes in. When you're, when you're working with somebody who's knowledgeable about this end, and, you know, I always say marketing consultant because, you know, not everyone's created equal. You have to find somebody who really knows what they're doing and how to navigate through this. And being able to work with you on a weekly or even biweekly basis for your investment. Now, I take a little different strategy approach to it. I, I think especially times like this when, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Yes, businesses, you can go to your, your marketing partners. And, you know, during times like this when it's lean, work out deals. This is some time to work deals out and have that long, long-term program put in place. We all know at any point in time, if it's not working, you can opt out, right? You know, that, that's just how media works. It, it is. So if I'm working a plan and I'm, I'm basically being successful with it, and I may need to tweak a few things here and there to get to my, optim- my um, ultimate goal of this many sales for me to have a return on investment, then that's what I do during that campaign. I don't wait till the end of it. You know, a lot of times old, old um, media, you wait until the end of the campaign and say, okay, it worked great. Let's do it again. Or, or you know what? It didn't work well. Let's try something else. Okay, that's beautiful. Now that I spent $20,000, now we want to try something else. Right. No longer let that happen. You know, even if you have to be the lead on that as an owner, you know, you have to say, you know what? I believe in, in your product. I believe that it's going to help me get sales, but something's not working. Um, it's not relating to the register. It's not helping me, you know, with my bottom line. So what else can we do? And sometimes you have to leave that conversation because, you know, marketers don't know what's happening in your store and in your business. You have to convey that, and, and that's how you optimize. It may be changing a strategy. It may be changing an asset. But whatever you have to do to get to that right formula for you to get a return on investment and also look at the long term of, of a customer coming to your business because once they cross your door, that's your opportunity to make them a lifetime customer. So not only will you reap benefits now, but you'll reap benefits in the long term because you can keep that person coming back. And what are you doing to make that happen? Do you have an email program? Do you have a rewards program? You know, and this is where I talk about pivoting. You have to think about, okay, I'm advertising. I'm getting people into my door. How am I receiving them when they get here? And that's really the key to, you know, again, what is your return on investment? How many people you need to walk through that door to pay for your advertising and get a profit? And KPIs is another thing I always talk about, key performance indicators, you know? I literally just wrote KPI down. I was going to ask you, what key performance indicators outside of the number of sales? Like, what should we be looking at? What should we track? Exactly. I mean, you know, most businesses, you've been in business for a long time, or you did the research before you opened your business to see what do I need to have happen for me to be successful. So you know what those key performance indicators are. Is it where, you know, if you have a sale, you have a lot of people coming through and you're able to capture them through an email or a rewards program? Um, is it the fact that, you know, 
you do hear more frequency of your your messaging, and so that has you know led you to believe that when I do a lot of frequency or maybe different platforms, I'm getting more people to notice me and come into my location or or at least look me up online. You you know those key performance indicators for your business and, and your model and how you want to grow. So having those, that information and conveying that and working with your marketing um, consultant is really how you get through this type of um, environment that we're in. Awesome. That, that was great. Um, but let's keep it real. There's a lot of noise. Like between just us, just everyday life, because everyone is living a, in a new normal, between those of us, of us that are homeschooling our children who are working full-time jobs from home, the, you know, the political noise. There's so many distractions out here right now. So, Sharon, if you could share a few of sort of your favorite marketing hacks yes. that allow us to cut through some of the noise that we're experiencing. Uh, so, content is spam, Content is spam. No one's, like you said, you're getting it's not out. content is king. I always no, 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 no. I know that we have a lot of people that's like, develop all this messaging, pump all this messaging in social media. It's spam. We look at, the, the numbers say we look at less than 1% of our, everything that, information that comes in, from emails to social media posts, now TikTok, of, you know, I'm, I love TikTok. Like, I have to find myself pulling myself away from TikTok because I will watch it for an hour. It's ridiculous. Anyhow, anyhow, we we just aren't retaining the information we need. So my businesses that are sending these emails out and having all these multiple posts, if your customers traditionally don't know you, like you, and trust you, you can forget it. So one of the most important hacks that is now that now is prevalent is that we need to start introducing ourselves mm. to people. So person to person, not just B to B, but who's that top person in that organization, that decision maker, and start to build a relationship. Because right now, although they may not be buying, they are still looking at people to possibly when it's time to when money frees up and they can buy. They're looking for people that they re- they connected with, that they build a, built a connection that they trust, and they will try your products and services. So the first thing is I would do. I like LinkedIn. I, I also like Facebook. I use I call it pro casual. Right. Facebook, I can be kind of um, I can show my exercise routine and still get credibility for being the smartcom strategist on LinkedIn. I actually take the existing people. So instead of meeting new people, take the existing list that you have of people that you don't know. Go introduce yourself. Kelly, you did it to me. <laughs> I love it. You did it to me. So thank you for that, because it has allowed me to now go out and kind of expand on that. I even use the voicemail feature so that they can hear the sincerity in my, oh, okay, she's not really kind of selling. This is really someone trying to build a connection. Um, So I think that that is most important. Um, So get to know some people and then dial back the content so much. You can actually reuse content, repurpose content that you've already posted. I used a link from 2018 because, again, 2020, like Laura said, we're paused. It's a do-over, right? 
I use content from 2018 that is relevant today. So I think it's best to kind of take what you have existing and not build so much new stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, and I love um, the whole notion of, I guess, stewarding what we already have in our hands, um, because I'm sure you all, there's all sorts of stats in terms of it's less expensive to sort of upsell to an existing customer than it is to get a new customer. So this whole notion of, okay, what do you currently have? Who are those people that you haven't touched or communicated with? in a while and this is the perfect time to reach out and touch people who we already have a relationship with just to show extend that care and compassion around just what they may be thinking feeling experiencing right now with everything that's going on in the world laura how about you what are some of your favorite marketing hacks to break through some of the noise well i you know i i, I echo what was said because you know a lot of times you <laughs> LinkedIn or you're gone, Facebook, even Instagram, and it's a manifesto. And it's like, okay, that was a lot. <laughs> um, maybe read the first two lines of that, but then I punch I have, you know, my attention span. Um, so, you know, again, less is more in that, in that term, you know, and again, uh, it has to be customer focused. It can't be, you know, a lot of times, you know, whenever I am talking to clients or when I'm advising somebody, it's always about, well, you know, I'm number one with this and, you know, we're family owned and we've been in the business for 35 years. You said nothing right there that tells a consumer what you're going to do for them. And that's in this time right now where people's households are lean too. Remember that as well. You know, they have to make really good informed decisions about how am I going to spend my money? And you have to look at it in segments. You know, I look at it for people who, you know, may have um, a reduced income in the family. How am I going to be a cost-effective solution for them that makes sense? How am I going to serve what they need but, you know, be affordable so that they aren't breaking the bank to utilize my services? And then, like Sean said, I have somebody that I can continue to talk to once we come out. We will come out of this, everyone. It's not – the pandemic's not going to be a, a 20-year um, um, cycle. We will come out of this. And with that being said, you're setting the groundwork for you to have a consistent customer who's going to talk about you to other people. What a great experience I had. I was able to get this done. You know, I, I don't normally, you know, pay for this because, you know, we, we're in a lean, you know, we have a lean household right now. But, you know, they made it such a great deal and they, they customized it for me that I had to get it done and look at it and you're going to go back. You're going to go back. Um, and then for some of the um, other, you know, consumers that are out there taking in your product, um, they're very cost focused. How are you sharing what you're doing for the causes that are out there? You know, and I'm not saying you have to do something for every cause that's out there, but you have to do something. You know, um, people who, who uh, support businesses, a lot of times, like you see the whole black business matters and black business, you know, everybody's supporting black businesses. It makes you feel like if I didn't go and march, if I didn't go and, and, and do something very, you know, out in, out in your face uh, for, for everything with racial injustice, at least I'm contributing back something. And you feel good about that. It makes that, you know, instead of going to the grocery store and paying $5 for a bar of soap, you may pay $10 for a bar of soap. Right. You do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've done it several times, and it's, it's something that makes you feel good because you feel like you're an extension of that company giving back. You know what I mean? And so, you know, you have to, and, and one thing I always say to clients, you have to have consistent branding, but the messages can be a little different focused on the consumer that you're talking to. The same message that I would send to an 18-year-old getting out of college is not the same message I would send to a 45-year-old with a family and a home. But they both may use my product or service. Right. So you have to be in tune to that and be able to speak to each one of those and what they're looking for in this type of um, um, new normal that we're in. 
Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com.